0: We're in the book of Jude, right? Okay, let's, let's let's pray. Father, we want your will in our lives. We want the, your will in the lives of our country. We want the, the, your will right now that this word would go forth in a way that we would understand it, accept it, embrace it, and be benefited by it. And glorify yourself. The reading, the teaching of your word, we ask it in Jesus' name. We kind of end in a... We didn't really end it; just kind. Of, we just kind of ran out of time. But let's start in verse five. Just kind of get a running start. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this: how the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them which believed not. Call that apostate. I know better, and I made bad choices. Were they born again and lost their salvation? Okay, some people believe that. I, I see that. Uh, I think it's more of a case that you know, people came out of Egypt but didn't ever enter in and embrace the things of the Lord. And I don't think that everyone who died in the wilderness, because that would be Aaron and Miriam and Moses and her and, you know, others, I don't think they all went to hell. Uh, Moses went to hell. You're going to you're gonna have a problem. But he didn't enter into the promised land. Why? Because he had a problem. He, had a, some, he threw a hissy fit. He didn't represent well. I think about that very, very often. I visited... uh Old Town, three, two, three, four weeks. I don't remember when I was on vacation. And uh, Brian, he's a he's a, good, he's a good and godly man. Well, he's a sinner like us, but he knows that, and that's very, very helpful. And he's praised and he wants to really preach the word in truth. And he he was in uh, you know you are the vine, I am the branches, and he he taught that in such a way. I I, I was taken by the fact that I thought he represented well. I thought he you know Jesus is going to the cross, and the night before he's saying, "Guys, I'm heading out, but I, I want I want to leave some stuff with you." And 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 I think you know the nature of what was going on, the dynamics of that. I think he, I think, and I told him, I, th- I think the Savior had been very happy with your presentation of his of this discourse. So you, you represented well. And he was, I think, a little choked up by that. A little, he didn't cry or nothing like that, but I think he was like you know, cuz that's what he wants that's what we all want we want to represent we want to but from the pulpit's one thing but in your life when you're talking with somebody they you want them to say i just interacted with a christian that was like way different and that's i think one of the things that we're talking about here we're, we're talking about those who supposedly know better but don't do better and that's apostates so, so let's keep moving okay the angels which kept not their first estate um, but left their own habitation he hath reserved an everlasting chains and darkness under the judgment of the great day some of you believe those are the people those are the angels who rebelled during the first rebellion who turned their backs on the Lord and just went with Lucifer and rebelled against God you think they're under everlasting chains right now that's a long chain because they interact with me <laughs> several of them on a daily basis um Satan, I, I say Satan, but i probably never met Satan. Okay. But but you know what I mean, because you say the same thing, all right? I think he's got bigger fish to fry than me. But no doubt one of his henchmen is assigned to my case, and he's trying to split up my marriage, my ministry, my life, my health, my prosperity, my all my relationships. He's he is trying to so, if he's chained in everlasting darkness, I would suggest his chains a little long because he, he, they maybe, have access to our lives. I was going to say they have access to my life. Of course, they, when we talk about our life, there's obviously a they. They have access to our lives. And I don't think they're chained in darkness. I think there's a specific group of angels who are chained in eternal. Why are they chained in eternal? So they won't. Do the shenanigans that they once did. So that's uh that's a in the past. And I think that goes back to Genesis chapter six. Why do you think that, Adam? That's kind of a really weird, it's not really weird. It's only weird in our modern ears because people have believed this, Jewish people have believed this, rabbis have believed this for centuries. And all of a sudden, we somebody introduced this idea of Okay, the sons of men coming in under the, do- uh, the sons of God coming in under the daughters of men. Well, the sons of God were the godly line of Seth, and I'm thinking, godly line of Seth. where did you get that in scripture? Seth were sinners. Sethites were sinners, just like everybody else was. And then they give this, they, and there were giants in the earth in those days. The next verse tells us. If you marry an unbeliever with a believer today. They don't have giants as offspring. I mean, think about what the nursery would look like. Oh, my goodness. Uh, would never get a volunteer. And they don't have six fingers and six toes on each foot. And they don't have, you know, you know, I don't think that's what it's talking about. I think it's talking about the sons of God were fallen angels. And that's why they're chained in everlasting darkness. And he connects the dots. They're just like Sodom and Gomorrah. You saying what are you talking about? Well, Even the Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner. Okay, these angels kept not their first state and Sodom and Gomorrah, like manner. They're, they're both the same kind of sin as he's talking about here and he's making his case. Uh, they were in like, like manner. How are they in like manner? Giving themselves over to fornication, sex sin, angelic beings involved in sex sin, yeah, And going after strange flesh. Now, you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody's going to argue that point. Okay, you might argue Genesis 6. But you're not arguing Sodom and Gomorrah. If angels come into town, and so they, they go to Lot's house. Oh, well, we're going to stay in this uh, city here. We're going to stay in town square. And Lot says, that's a really bad idea. Why don't you come into my house? And everyone knows they have, you know, ops, black ops going around, ops. They got, they got like uh, S2, you know, information, uh, you know, and they they understand what's going on. And so they, nobody's sneaking into the town. Oh, look at those two young, handsome men. Well, mm-hmm. uh, so they go to Lot's house and they say, bring those out that we might know them. And they're talking about know in that deep, intimate way, like Adam knew, it's the same, Adam knew his wife and they produ- that produced offspring, that, that knowledge there, okay? We would say carnal knowledge. Bring those men out so that we might know them. And Lot's, no, don't do that. Here, I got two virgin daughters. What a fine dad he is. Thanks, Dad. You saying, well, yeah, but Adam, you don't understand. Uh, in those days, you know, when somebody comes in the, un, under your roof, they, they are granted hospitality, and, they, and you have to provide for them and protect them. And that was a very, very important thing. I agree. Give, give them your virgin daughters. Aren't they under your protection? They always live under your roof. Didn't God give you the ability and the, and the wherewithal to protect your daughters? Uh, don't talk to me, because people do this all the time. They say, well, you know, the culture of the time. The culture of the time, Bible judges our culture. What the Bible says is true, regardless of what culture is saying. There was never a time when it was okay to give over your daughters to perverts so that the visitors in your house could go unscathed. That never would God intended, just, just so we know, okay? Stuff makes me crazy, people coming up with these ideas. Anyway, so no, yeah, now this don't do so wickedly. Who made you a judge? And they pressed the door, and even after the angels struck all the people with blindness, they're still groping for the door. This perversion is so and that is like these angels who kept not their first state. The same. So we have angels with strange flesh, and we have men of Sodom going after strange flesh. It's the same, it's in different directions, but it's the same sin. And God said, "Oh, you want to know how I feel about that?" Um, and going after, and they set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not about sex sin. I'm not about strange flesh. God's a homophobe. You know how repulsive I find stuff like that. Can I just share some with you? Let's go to. Um, 1 Corinthians, and I found it so I know where it is. I kind of alluded to it last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 8 Nay, you do wrong and you defraud and that your brethren. You shouldn't do that. Why? Because verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Listen, listen. This is very, very important. Don't you know that the unrighteous, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. You say, I knew it. You have to work your way to heaven. It's not what he's saying. You follow me. Um, Don't be deceived. I don't want to deceive you. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, what's effeminate? What's abusers of themselves with mankind? Now, I got, a, I got a note in my. Perverts and homosexuals. They don't inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying, perverts, that's a pejorative term. Yeah. And Paul used it. I'm not name calling. Okay. I'm just saying, this is what the Bible says. Perverts and homosexuals do not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, it starts out with saying, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Now let's just talk about fornicators and idolaters. I mean, fornicators, adulterers, and homosexuals. They're all in the same group as those who don't inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't know anyone who's saying God's an adultophobe, God's a fornophobe. And those are words I made up. And by the way, every time you use them, you got to pay me a nickel. It's, I just. I made them up. Nobody told me that. Okay, Nobody calls them that. So we use this made-up term to defame God. And that's a really horrible thing that we're doing, and we'll pick that up in Jude, and he goes on to tell us what a horrible thing that is. Sex sin will mess up a person quicker than any other type of sin. But let's lump all those sex sin in together. Idol worshipers, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, none of these people inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it says. And you say, well, Adam, I don't know if I feel real good right now. I've, I've been a fornicator back in my life. I mean, I got saved when I was this age, and back when I was down here in this age, game on. I was i was a dog. I was going after anything in a skirt, and I don't... This Now I'm on the outside looking in. Relax. You know God's good. I mean, if you know anything, I know God's good. And such were some of you. But you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah, we all have a history. We all have sin. and I, 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 By a show of hands, how many of you, uh, it was, don't raise your hand. <laughs> <Logically>, <laughs> how many of it was sex? I don't. We don't know. We don't care. We don't want to know. We don't want to care. We, we all have a sin history. We all on the outside looking in. We all had we were all ridiculous. We were all going to hell. And what happened? Miraculously, God intervened and He saved us and He rescued us. And look at, we're washed, we're sanctified, we're justified. Those are good words. Praise His holy name. Um, so, but I want to go back to, because I'm we're changing. We're not. Politically correct, we're biblically correct here. If I say homosexuality is wrong, everyone's like ready to pop a gasket. Oh my goodness, he's on the internet right now and he's broadcasting. I tell you, it's only a matter of time for we're taking off the internet. Most most Christian ministries will. And if you're the kind of ministry that, oh, we're open and affirming and come on boy, and whatever your sin is, we're okay with it. They'll be on YouTube and <laughs> and. You know, Facebook and everything. They'll be the last ones remaining. You know, that, that's, like I say, I, I think Facebook is where truth goes to die. So um, don't ever trade hate speech for free speech. Again, Veterans Day, we took an oath to defend the Constitution. Constitution means free speech, even if it's hateful. I never was called on to sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, but many were. And they died to preserve our free speech, even free speech they don't necessarily agree with. And people who are trying to, well, that's hateful, that's their enemies of the Constitution of the United States. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers, they defile the flesh, they despise dominion. Why are they doing this? Listen, (laughs) listen, why is the news the way the news is? Why is half the country the way half the country, more than half the country is the way half the country is? Because they despise dominion. Oh, that was such a good place for an amen. Where's Jeremy? Where's Peter back in the day? You know, I was always me and Peter, we got it. And everyone was kind of like, I know you're reserved. I get it, I get it, I get it. They despise dominion. That's why people are the way they are. Why do you think people believe in evolution? There's no basis for it whatsoever because they despise dominion. It always comes down of that. Why are people rebellious against the things of the Lord? Because they despise dominion. I don't know who he thinks he is, creating me. I ain't going to listen to him. I want to sleep with who I want to sleep with, and I want to do what I want to do. And he tell me what's going on? They despise dominion. That's what apostates do. Do you think Cain knew of, about God? <laughs> this question. God's not telling me how I'm going to worship. I'll worship the way I want to worship. He did, he was a religious man, Cain was. He brought an offering. What was it? The fruit of the ground. What is that? See what I did? See the fruit of my own hand? See what I have given you, Lord? And Lord said it stinks of the flesh. Don't want it. Don't Abel comes. Does Abel despise dominion? He brings of the first things of the flock. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I don't think Abel's a religious man. I think he's a believer in God. I'm going to do this your way. Blood has to be shed. Problem with Cain is that vegetables don't bleed, and he's he's making a case like most people make a case. I'll have God, but I'll have him on my terms. Why despise dominion? That's the whole thing. And if you look at the world through that prism, I think you'll figure out a lot more things. And just remember, it was something that we are very fond of saying around here. The whole world lieth in wickedness. Literally, the whole world is asleep in the lap of the wicked one, despising dominion. But let's keep moving. These these filthy dreamers, they, defi- they defile the flesh. <laughs> yes, that's Uh Speaking specifically of Sodom and Gomorrah, they despise dominion. God ain't pushing us around. He can tell us what to do. And they speak evil of dignities. What? Dignities are they speaking evil. God uh, of says God's a homophobe do you think that's speaking evil of dignities <laughs> I kind of think it is and he uses the most incredible example that, that you this this is gonna you, you your circuit breakers in your mind are gonna snap uh, when, when, I, when I tell you what Jude's example of that is yet Michael the